So just a, a word to the uh, young folks. Do you have an idea what a saint is or who is a saint? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe you've seen pictures of saints in various books. We've got pictures all over the church. If we were there, we could point to some of the windows and some of the other special places where we have drawings or images of saints. And sometimes we think of saints as being uh, older. They lived a long time ago. They dressed funny. Uh, they maybe had beards and um, not unlike maybe the way that Pastor Tom and Pastor Lyle look today, you know, old and beards and funny looking and funny clothes. But then we get the idea from the lessons today and the prayers that really everybody who believes in Jesus is a saint. And that's a wonderful thing. It has nothing to do with when you lived or how you look or even really what you believe. If you're a believer in Jesus, then you are a saint. And that's a wonderful thing because sometimes people get the idea that being a saint, you have to be so good or you have to do miraculous things, marvelous things and be so well known but we know from what we read today and how we're thinking about saints today, each and every one of us gathered here this morning is a saint. And that's a wonderful thing. And this whole day is about feeling like we're part of something grand and glorious. We're connected with all the other saints of all places and all times I mean, there are saints in Asia and Africa and South America and New York City and other places that we're connected to today and every day. And we're reminded of that today. And there are saints that have done marvelous and wonderful things. And then there are saints who just spend all of their time being themselves, but they're connected in faith with Jesus Christ and that's okay too. So it's a wonderful day of celebration and being grateful for all that God has done for us. And if we were in church, I would, in the building, if we were in the building, I would point out that the color of the day is white. And I would then ask everybody to take a white streamer and we would have all done a little parade around the inside of the church, waving our white streamers and celebrating the fact that God has made us all saints. It would have been a lovely and wonderful parade. Maybe you can do a small version of it at home later on today. I, have, I only have red streamers. <laughs> well, you know what? Get a, uh, what do you have that's white? Do you have like white towels? White wash yeah. Yes, white handkerchiefs, anything that's white, and just take them, put them in the air, and have a little parade and okay. celebrate the fact that today is a day for all of God's saints. 
I will be participating today. And appreciate what God has done for us. And I hope that maybe you take a little video of that parade. Okay, that's good. good. I will be participating at all today because my finger is just really, really Fantastic. hurting. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that doesn't mean that uh, those of us who are listening that are a little older can't do our own parades as well, right? So, and maybe you'll share your videos as well. So let's pray that we are thanking God for sending faithful and wonderful people into the world to teach us about your love and your grace. And we ask that you would lead us on a fantastic parade today and every day. Amen. Okay, so now for the older folks, um, I think that All Saints kind of begs this question. Um, it's a basic question. What is a saint? And there are a number of ways that we could define saint. The simplest and earliest definition of saint is found actually in the New Testament. Paul begins most of his letters by greeting the saints. The saints at Corinth, at Ephesus, at Galatia, and so on. So in the New Testament, saint simply means a baptized person or any Christian. The word translated as saint in the New Testament is hagios, and in Greek, that word means holy. So saints are the holy ones, not holy because of anything that they did, or not holy because they have something intrinsic, uh, in, intrinsic to themselves, but holy because of the holy presence of Christ within them. So a second more common use of the word saint is to, to denote one of the heroes or heroines of the Christian faith. So we think of St. Peter, we think of St. Francis, we think of Mary Magdalene, we think of St. Clare. It's not just a Roman Catholic thing. We Lutherans also commemorate hundreds of faithful people on our liturgical calendar uh, if you have an evangelical Lutheran worship at home, or when we, if you have a chance to stop by the church, go ahead and borrow one. They're under the stairs that go up to the organ loft. Just look in the front of the hymnal and see how many different commemorations we have. About a third of the days of the year on our calendar are covered with commemorations for various people from apostles and biblical personalities like St. Luke that we just remembered on October 18th to notable Lutherans like Martin Luther who we remember on February 18th and we remember <laughs> injustice like Martin Luther King Jr. on January 15th we remember teachers like Soren Kierkegaard on November 11th. So for a long time, I was a little bit puzzled why the gospel reading for All Saints Day is the listing of the Beatitudes from either Luke or Matthew, which we had today. But now I think I know why that is. 
because the Beatitudes are, if you will, Jesus' definition of saint. Let's look at a few of the characteristics of the saints as defined by Jesus. First of all, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, We are a society obsessed by money, financial success, the accumulation of things. For Jesus, wealth was not a sin, but it was definitely a problem. The wealthy person, Jesus warned, was likely to have her or his priorities in the wrong place. The saints are those people who have fixed their hearts on God's reign, not on earthly riches. The saints do not determine their own worth or the worth of others on the basis of financial success. Rather, they see value in all people. And then there is blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We live in a world where feelings in general and sadness and depression in particular are suspect and not exhibited in public. Men especially are schooled to show little expression or feeling. We also live in a feel-good culture. The commercials that we see every day tell us to drink this and eat that and you'll feel good and you'll be happy. The drug companies do a marvelous business advertising their drugs that will solve every problem that human beings face. And fairy tales end so often with these words, and they all lived happily ever after. And even though we may want our life to be so simple and easy and stress-free and wonderful and lovely all the time, that isn't the way life works. But what if the ability to feel deep sadness is a prerequisite for feeling great joy? The saints are complete persons who feel the full range of human emotions. Saints rejoice with those who rejoice, and they weep with those who weep. And then third, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. A popular bumper sticker in the South reads, if you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch. As a culture, we exalt the big dogs, the hotshots, the powerful. Assertiveness, even aggressiveness, is highly valued. But what if the race is not to the swift or the contest to the strong? What if the truly great in the world are not the Elon Musks, but the Mother Teresas? The saints are those who choose service above self-promotion. And finally, the saints are those who long for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Jesus was a Jew, and to a Jew, righteousness meant something very specific. Righteousness was literally 
to do right by, especially to do right by the poor and hungry, widows and orphans. So when Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, he was literally saying, blessed are those who long for the hungry to be fed and the homeless to be housed, for in the end, they will not be disappointed. Of all of Jesus' claims, this must be the most extraordinary. Righteousness is not at home in the world in which you and I live, but Jesus announces the coming of a new world of righteousness and justice. The saints are those who long for the appearing of such a way to live, who never lose heart, and who are never satisfied with anything else. Another definition for saint that I want to offer involves a concrete example of a life of holiness. In the early part of this century, Henry Joel Cadbury came to teach New Testament at Harvard Divinity School. Cadbury was one of the great New Testament scholars in our century and was at work on what would become the Revised Standard Version of the Bible when World War I broke out. He was a pacifist and he would not fight in the war, but instead Cadbury volunteered to work with the Quakers caring for the wounded and the dying in the battlefields of Europe. And in the midst of the war, one of Cadbury's students came across his professor bandaging a wounded soldier. Dr. Cadbury, the student exclaimed, why aren't you back at Harvard translating the New Testament? And his answer was, I am translating the New Testament. He was translating the New Testament, not from Greek into English, but from the printed page into human life. And I think that that might be the very best definition of a saint. A saint is one who translates the New Testament into a life of love and service. So I'll say that again. I think that one of the best definitions of a saint is this. A saint is one who translates the New Testament into a life of love and service. So just as we come to an end, I'll offer you the devil's definition of a saint, at least in terms of humorist Ambrose Bierce, who one wrote, once wrote a book called The Devil's Dictionary. And in that dictionary, he has the devil defining the saint as this, a dead sinner revised and edited to give the devil or at least Pierce's version of the devil his due. There's a lot to be said for that definition. A few years ago, Anne Wilson wrote a biography of the Christian author C.S. Lewis, a man who is a saint to me and to many others. Wilson's biography shocked some C.S. Lewis fans by painting a revealing picture of Lewis, warts and all. But I came away appreciating Lewis more, not less, for knowing that he struggled and fought against many weaknesses and temptations. Sometimes he battled them successfully and sometimes he did not. But I think that a saint's light shines more brightly, not less, for her or his struggles. 
to be honest, All Saints Day exhausts me and unsettles me. It's a little bit due to grieving and sadness and loss as I think about loved ones that I've lost in death this year, and there were several this year. Uh, it's also about how we define a saint. I find it difficult to imagine myself among those saints triumphant who rise in bright array. More often than not, I'm not good saint material. I choose comfort over selfless service. My heart and mind go in a thousand different directions rather than being fixed on God's reign. And if my life is a translation of the New Testament, then it must be in some unknown tongue. But I have to keep reminding myself and keep reminding you that sainthood is not about our accomplishments. It is God's gift. We follow where Christ and the saints lead, knowing all the while that we will stumble and fall occasionally. All saints are forgiven sinners just like us, and the saints remind us of what we are capable of if only we open ourselves to the power of God who makes all things new and raises us from death to life, abundant and everlasting. Mostly, today is a day to be grateful for those who have been witnesses to us in faith, those who brought us to faith, and those who nurture us as we continue to grow in our faith. Today is a day to remember with love and affection those who have been and still are a part of our life, and to celebrate those who are new to us, the babies born, new friends, new companions in our earthly pilgrimage, and so on. And it's a day to cherish the love, joy, and peace that comes to us in our life in Christ, who calls us through the Holy Spirit into a relationship with God that surpasses all understanding and space and time. Perhaps going back to the prayer of the day is helpful because I think it says it best. Almighty God, you have knit your people together in one communion, in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Grant us grace to follow your blessed saints in lives of faith and commitment, and to know the inexpressible joys you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.